0: Hi everybody, this is Lifespring number 61. (laughs) Hey, welcome. Welcome to LifeSpring. I'm Steve Webb, your host. This show's for you if you're wondering about God, if you're curious about Jesus, or if you're just looking for hope. And if you already know Jesus is the one you rely on, you've found a place to kick off your shoes and relax, too. Remember, it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter your age, your sex, your station in life. Jesus said, who do you say that I am? LifeSpring is about answering that question and the question of how and why the answer can and does affect your life today. What will you find here? Well, you'll find music, conversation, and reasons to believe as we hit you right between the ears with the message of hope, love, and good news. Today we're continuing the mini-series on marriage. If you've missed any of the series, you can catch up easily. Just go to LifespringPodcast.com and from there go to the current show notes page. I began this series with Lifespring number 58. Now first what I'd like to do is get started with a great new Christmas song that I found just this morning at the Podsafe Music Network. It's a brand new treatment for a very, very traditional song. It's a really high-energy way to start us off. This is Jill Parr with Do You Hear What I Hear? Man, I'm telling you, if that doesn't make you move, nothing's going to. You know, there's no reason to leave the traditional lyrics behind when you can have music like that. Who says indie artists aren't as good as, as as signed talent? You will never convince me of that with stuff like this. That's Jill Parr, and I found that music over at the Podsafe music network music.podshow.com that network is really working out Um, they've got some great music over there and if you want to go find some fun stuff that's where you go good stuff jill parr has my vote for a kickin christmas song no doubt All right, so the marriage mini-series continues. Last week I said that I was going to continue the thought about wives submitting to husbands. Wow, <laughs> what a quaint thought, archaic, chauvinistic, even. Wives submitting to husbands. Uh, the guys are saying, "Hey, honey, listen up." The guys, got, the guy's saying some good stuff here. No, uh, I am saying good stuff, but. Uh, Guys, I'm not letting you off the hook at all. So listen up. Here's why it works. Last week I shared the scripture about wives submitting to their husbands as if to Christ. That's from Ephesians in the New Testament, chapter 5. Now, That thought of wives submitting to their husbands as if to Christ was tied to husbands loving their wives as Christ loves the church. See, if we as husbands love our wives like that, we have a huge running start at keeping our marriages strong. Now, I'm going to make some statements today that I need to uh, couch in this disclaimer, and it's this. Over the course of these talks on marriage, I'm going to be making some statements about men and women. I'm going to be saying some things about how each side acts, some generalizations. Now listen, I understand that not every man acts a certain way and that not every woman acts the same way as every other woman. These are generalizations, and I know that, okay? So keeping that in mind, let's get back to the main point. If we love our wives as Christ loves the church, they'll be willing to do almost anything for us in return. Why? Well, because women want to be taken care of and valued. They wanna believe that we will sacrifice anything for them. Isn't that what Jesus did for the church? Oh, and just just in case you don't know what the church is, it is this, it's believers. It's not a building, but it's all of the people who are believers in Jesus Christ, that is the church. Now, what did he do for the church? Well, he gave himself completely so that the church could exist. Everything that he could have been, he gave up in order that we as believers could be made clean in the sight of God the Father so that we might be allowed into his family and live abundant overflowing lives here on earth and in eternity with him after we die. Jesus did everything necessary for that. That was like his wedding gift to us. All we need to do is accept it, receive it. Jesus loved us before we even knew we needed Him. We were too immersed in the junk that goes on all around us to realize that we needed help. But Jesus saw the mess we were in and He was willing to pay the price to get us out of there. Before we even knew we needed out, He did it. Some of us were even belligerent against the idea of a loving God. And yet Jesus did it anyway. Hmm. Now husband, is your wife less than loving in return when you do things for her? Love her anyways. Just as Christ wooed the church, you may need to woo your wife. But we need to be willing to do that. Most women, however, will be very receptive to a man who sacrifices for her. Now, Wives, Scripture says that you should submit to your husband as to the Lord. That goes against the grain, doesn't it? Sure it does. Most people don't like the idea of submitting to anyone. But just as you don't easily accept this idea, please understand that most men would rather not put you first. I mean, who really wants to give up everything just to make somebody else happy? I just got done telling the guys that selfishness was not allowed, that selflessness was required. Trust me, (laughs) most guys would rather come home from work and just park it in front of the giant screen TV and eat pizza and drink beer every night. Instead of help you get the kids fed and bathed and in bed, and then help with the dishes and fold the laundry and vacuum and yada, yada, yada. But if he's loving you in the proper way, which is doing all of those things, which is against the natural grain, then it is your turn to do the uncomfortable. Submit to his leadership. Now, let me tell you. The lovely Lady Leanne, my wife, had a very, very difficult time with this when we first got married. This was her first marriage. She'd been single her entire life, and she was quite used to making her own decisions. Thank you very much. Okay? She was used to coming and going as she pleased, and she did very well without answering to anybody. Now, when we got married, we disagreed on how some things should be handled from small things like decorating our apartment to important things like how the money should be spent. She couldn't understand why I wanted to be in on the decision-making process. And when there were disagreements, she really didn't understand that I reserved the right to make the final decision. That was really a tough one. She felt that her opinion should have equal, or really, to be honest, a little bit more than equal, weight with mine. Um, I explained that After all the discussion was done, after prayer was through, if we couldn't come to an agreement, I would make the final call because as the husband, I was called to be the head. Then I explained that if I was wrong in my decision, I would be the one who would then take the responsibility before God for the outcome. It was my burden, not hers. I was where the buck stopped. I told her that I was the one who God had given the job to. Now, once she kind of wrapped her head around that, once once she looked at it from that standpoint, it relieved her of the load, and she felt relieved. Now, she didn't do it because I said so. All right? She did it because she was and is a woman of God who really tries to do what God calls her to do. It, it, I mean, it didn't happen like that. Okay, it took some time for her to kind of get used to that idea and learn to accept the fact that hey, you know, if Steve blows it, it's his fault. I'm not going to have to take any blame. It's on Steve's shoulders. So, now understand. We still discuss, even though. But we, you know, have lived now with this arrangement for, you know, sometime within that first year is when this kind of got worked out. But listen, we still discuss just about everything. And there are few things we come to loggerheads on anymore. I listen to her ideas, and she usually has great thoughts that add a lot to the mix when it comes to decisions. I would really be foolish to not bring her in when I'm needing to think something through. Now listen, there's something here that's very important and it comes. actually is a principle from the very first book in the Bible, the book of Genesis, the second chapter. And it's this, starting at verse 18, it says, The Lord God said it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now listen, when things are working as they should, guys, we need our wives. It says so right there. From the very beginning, the very first guy, Adam, God said, nah, he's not good alone. He needs a helper. Now, get rid of your pride, guys. We need our wives. We need their help. I mean listen, when that when God made this plan way back then, that this was before the fall, remember. This was when everything was perfect. This is when God was was walking daily with Adam, and they were like face to face. They walked in close fellowship. Nothing had separated them yet. There was no sin yet. And yet God still said, Hey, Adam needs Eve. Let's get to it. So, to sum it up. Both sexes are asked to do something that is against our human nature in order to make our marriages work. Men can't be selfish and women must submit. Nobody likes to do either one. I mean, really, those if it weren't for the fact that it was you know, God's plan here, we could re- kind of even reverse that role. We could say that women can't be selfish and men must submit. We don't like to do that either. Okay, so women don't look at look at it like men have the, the, the good thing here, and men don't look like it, you know, look at it that way either. We both are doing something that is against the the human fallen nature. All right, well, so how can this work? <laughs> it works great when both partners are fully committed, first and foremost, to Jesus Christ. I don't mean that they just give lip service to being a Christian either because divorce statistics will tell us that for people that just give the Christian thing lip service, their divorce rate is the same or even worse than people who don't profess to know Christ. So if both people are truly following Jesus, the plan for marriage not only works but it makes for a fantastic way to live together in love. The reason is because both people are not focusing on themselves but on the other person. You want to have successful relationships with anybody? Don't be so focused on yourself. Focus on the other person. Make the other person comfortable. Serve the other person. Do something that will make that person um, healthier, happier, wiser. You get my idea? What if the other person doesn't hold up his or her part of the deal? Well, listen to the next spring for my answer to that. Alright, how about another Christmas song? This is one that has uh, really become popular in podcasting right now. This is the song called, If Every Day Were Like Christmas... And it's by a guy by the name of Slough.
1: first winter snow outside my window Feels like that time again to me For mistletoe A Christmas show And the lighting of that famous Christmas tree Shopping for their loved ones and making plans for a Christmas feasts, but it all goes by in the blink of an eye, and then we have to wait another year. But what if? Any Christmas. out the good in people. Just look around now and you'll see. Everybody's nice and full of life. And they give to those who want
0: nice and you can make Christmas uh, every day in your home in your marriage if you follow some of these words of advice from the old Steve hey as a public service I need to read the following because of some uh, really well because of the really serious nature of this bird flu that's in the news Uh, the Center for Disease Control has released a list of symptoms of bird flu that you need to know about if you experience any of the following please do me a favor seek medical treatment immediately okay here's the list of uh, symptoms number one high fever number two congestion number three nausea four fatigue number five an aching in the joints and number six an irresistible urge to poop on someone's windshield (laughs) oh well you know That was terrible, wasn't it? Hey, just a reminder that I'd love to get an email from you. (laughs) Maybe you'll say, Steve, don't do that kind of humor anymore. Ah, well, you have to admit that was funny. Hey, send your comments or suggestions or thoughts to steve.lifespring at gmail.com. Or phone in a message to 206-350-CALL. Your message will then be dropped right into my email inbox, and it couldn't be easier than that. Hey, do me a favor, too, and pin yourself on the LifeSpring Podcast Family Frapper Map, would you? I'd really like to see how many of you uh, we can put up there. So, there's a link on the show notes page at LifeSpringPodcast.com. Also, I've got some one-click subscription buttons up there for iTunes, Odeo, and some other places as well. So, check it out at LifeSpringPodcast.com. I hope this uh, marriage mini-series is providing some useful info for your marriage. I'm really serious about that. Drop me a line and let me know uh, if you'd like me to address something uh, or, or whatever else you're thinking about the marriage mini series, okay? Steve.lifespring at gmail.com. Now uh, I'll be talking to you in a day or two with uh, In Touch with God's Character. Until then, remember that Jesus said, Who do you say that I am? Life Spring is about answering that question and the question of how and why the answer can and does affect your life today. I'm Steve Webb, and I'm your host. I'll see you next time. God bless you.